Hey everybody, welcome back to my podcast, Scary Stories. This is Season 2, Episode 9, and let's get started with the episode. The Midnight Man Today marks my 40th birthday on this earth, and rather than complaining on how to deal with the typical midnight crisis, I decide whenever or not, or my time here has ended. It's sort of a family curse. For as long as I'm back at my family tree stretch, the men of the family never make it past the age of 40, and even goes as far as saying each of them dies exactly on their birthday. At least that's the case with for my father i was in the middle of college when i got the call that they found an athletic of my man laying dead in the front porch of an apartment heart attack on his 40th birthday my uncle suffered the same fate a couple of years later as did my brother who died about five years ago Based on the evidence, I say that some method of supposed to curse, but with every rule, there's an exception. It's the case of my granddad. Even as a kid, I always looked up to him, not only vertically, but as a role model. In fact, our birthdays were only a few days apart. We usually saw each other around that time. He had this aurora surrounding him, like an invisible shield that prevented anything malicious from getting too close. Everything he did, he did with purpose, and with an undying smile on his face, only once did he ever break his perfect fate. At the, my father's funeral, but even then, he seemed to be more disappointed than did sad. Year zero, that had called his 40th birthday for him, it marks the true beginning of his life, creating jokes about his age, claiming that he just turned five years, his 45th birthday, and so on. Once he reached adulthood, his demeanor changed so slightly as he approached me for what he called some manly advice. He sat me down, handed me my first official beer, and started talking. After what happened to your father last year, I'm sure you've been thinking a lot about this, so I call it family curse. It's not false that all men seem to simply die on their 40th birthday but it's wrong to call it a curse in fact it's more of a blessing in disguise he took a deep breath before continuing it's going to sound a bit crazy but i'll tell you Anyway, on your birthday, once you turn 40, a man will come knocking on your door at precisely midnight. Despite the odd hour, you'll feel compelled to let him. Don't worry, he won't come to harm you. He just wants to talk, and once he has said what he wanted to say, he'll offer you a choice. What choice? What is he going to tell me? I asked, confused as how would could the cause of all these deaths that I can tell you it's something you have to find out on your own. All I can do is warn you and tell you to live your life to the absolute fullest for as long as you can. He brought it up again and thought it was thought of my lingering in the back 
of my mind. I couldn't believe myself to actually believe it, but I did. And he said, and try to enjoy each aspect of life, believing that once you turn 40, it was surely perilous like the rest of my family. Which brings us to today, my 40th birthday. Precisely 12 o'clock, midnight, I woke up to sound like three soft knocks on the front door. My wife, the late sleeper on the planet, didn't even seem to register the intruding noise. While myself, a usually heavy sleeper, woke up with a startle. I hadn't been sleeping well the days prior to my birthday, anticipating the end of my life, yet unable to believe it. Wearing nothing more than my pajamas, I made my way to the front door with a slight hesitation. I looked through the people on the other side stood a middle-aged man in a suit with a friendly smile on his face. Mr. Shepard, he greeted me with a shock of my hand. Mind if I come in? Speedlets, I could do little more than gesture him to enter my home. I made up my mind long ago to deny him entering, yet I felt compelled by his presence. He walked past me and headed straight for the kitchen, seeming to already know the layer of my home, a house I inherited from my father. I followed him opening into the kitchen and we sat down at the table. He just kept staring at me without speaking a word, his smile never leaving his face. I had a lot of questions, but I couldn't bring myself to ask a single one, which simply sat in silence, looking across each other like an awkward, equal, twisted, blind date. You seem surprised to see me, the man finally said after a minute of silence. I am assuring you, you are expecting my visit. I nodded my head, still unable to speak. Come on, Mark, you have a perfect functioning tongue. At least your wife seems to think so. Don't be embarrassed to use it. Why are you here? I managed to ask. His smile vanished, place which didn't express him utter confused. Why I'm here? That question you want to start with, not who am I or what I did to your father. I didn't respond, and he stared into my eyes, not moving a muscle. As you wish, he said, I'm here to talk to you and tell you the answers of each and every question you ever had. Anything you want to know, I will tell you, no matter how stupid or bizarre a question is. I promise you nothing but the truth. Did you kill my father? Of course not. That entirely against the rules. I simply give him a choice. And like all the men in your family, said for a brilliant granddad, has chosen to leave. What choice? Ah, Mr. Shepherd or Mark, do you mind if I call you Mark? Before I could answer, he just went on talking. That's the beauty of a little meeting. I tell you the answers, but not until I believe you're ready. I leaned back in his chair, waited for me to keep asking questions. Through something looks in his face, I could tell he knew exactly what to ask.
are you? Come on, Mark. Don't really have to act that you already know, don't you? I had thousands of theories, as dumb as they felt they were. I could possibly beat this ridiculous of a family curse. Are you Satan? I asked nervously. Technically, that's correct, but let's not resort to name-calling. I prefer Lucifer, he chuckled. Once again, he fell silent, awaiting my next question, but I couldn't organize a thousand of thoughts flowing through my head. You're really bad at this, you know? Not that it makes a difference. I know exactly what you want to know. You don't even have to speak. So let's start something instant, hmm? He started deep into my eyes, digging through my brain, looking for questions I didn't even know I had. Ah, you want to know if your ex-girlfriend still thinks about you. Julia, that's her name, yes? I nodded automatically. She doesn't, and you want that special to her. In spite of the pastorals you put on her, you really should appreciate your wife more. She's far more suited for you. My wife? I completely forgot. She still lay upstairs, sleeping. As easy as she was to wake up, she surely be suspicious of what I was doing awake with a strange man in the middle of the night. Could we maybe go somewhere else? My wife is sleeping and... I said before cutting before Mark, don't be ridiculous. Your wife can't hear us. Actually she's really a light sleeper. He stood up from his chair before screaming Oh Hannah I'm talking to Mark in the kitchen I just about to tell him all the secrets of the universe and if you come downstairs I'll tell you too he then sat back down and listened for an oncomer coming up from stairs. Nothing but sounds. I think we're good. But then, most of the adrenaline had started in my body and I started to gasp more. I ventured to aspect of the conversation. I could ask literally anything and he didn't, he answered me, but I still needed more proof he was for real. Just before my father died, he told me something I never told anyone else. I didn't understand it at the time, but when he died the next day, I could stop thinking about him. He paused for a moment, give me just enough time to doubt him. Be a better man than me, Mark, he said, but the voice I heard was the one from my father. My heart raced in the familiar, and Lucifer just smiled in return. All doubts have been stripped away from my mind, so I decided to ask something otherly worldly if you're real then surely god exists as well heaven and all that he looked truly disappointed in my question oh mark i'm sorry so i about what to answer your question of course he's real him and heaven and the other truly magnificent creatures emerged from the holy power but you didn't think he actually created you he he didn't i stuttered no not at all Humanity, you're nothing more than an unfortunate side effect of God and actual creations. You really think something so horrific could be created by um, almighty beings? Think about it, Mark. Your creature waged of war or anything slightly different than yourself. You're a whore of all ultimate pointless possessions. Letting some running property with some beyond what murder necessary, you kill for fun, and in the end, you destroy the planet, your own home, just because you all selfless to take care of each other. That doesn't sound like something God would create, does it?
like an anchor had been attached to my soul and tossed into the deepest part of the ocean. There are good people here too. It's not all bad, I argued. You're right, there are plenty of good people around here, but none of them truly great. You're not single one of able to be in the bigger picture. He stood up from his chair and started pacing around as he lectured me on the fragile nature of human beings. In the grand scheme of things, nothing ever do here matter in the end. You're all turned to dust, floating around in an empty void that you originally called space, he finished. I felt crushed. I thought my wife, the fact that we both wanted to die, whatever feelings we had, would be erased as it meant on the bones rotting away in the ground. Our jobs, working by the function for society, all that was pointless task, only serving as stand to invisible the end of the world. So, what happens when you die, he finished my question for me. Yeah, do we end up in hell? No, just stop existing, a little fragment dividing power within you. The one you think is worth to call a soul is harvested by my workers when we need to find them to make more desirable beings. He paused, reverting his attention towards my fridge. You probably need a few minutes to process. Do you have anything to eat? He helped himself to some cold chicken casserole I would have cooked as a pre-birthday dinner. So what do you do then, since God has left, apparently leaving you behind with the rest of us? He laughed with his mouth full of chicken, a few pieces of meat flying across the room. I didn't stay behind, I chose to remain here. Someone had to make sure you guys don't revert to guys keeping trying to things that don't belong. It's only a matter of time before you figure out how to cross over. It's actually way easier than you might think. And while I love nothing more than reverting, I can't leave just anyone in charge to lead us. He dug through the casserole in a matter of seconds, loudly chewing through the meat, almost moaning as pleasant as he did your wife truly is a wonderful cook mark remember to thank her for me what do you want from me anyway as i want to offer you a choice before i could clarify the walls around me started to dissolve the ground cracking beneath our feet and every piece of furniture not stuck to the walls fell through the ground I stood up in the panic and looked around at Lucifer with pleading eyes, but we didn't fall with the rest. We simply float. It's, I wasn't long until the world around us had erased from existence and we stood in a great empty void. Where, where are we? I started. Give it a minute, he said calmly. Buildings apparently around us tall molding artifacts pieces colored in bizarre mixtures of silver and blue all stretched far up into the sky so uniform nothing devastating from its neighboring design this is utopia you explain and we 
suddenly found ourselves on top of the building. There were no clouds or fog to obstruct the view, meaning I could look far into the horizon. Seeing that the city is truly stretched without the end of sight, Utopia, really? Obviously not. This is my city. I made it from hundreds of thousands of years ago. It's what you people call Protoria. Through, I prefer just to call the place in between, he said. You mean Protoria? Yep, that's the choice of humans will ever get to heaven. It's the only place that exists on the surrounding realm of the very least. I looked around the streets, thousands of feet below, seemed empty, devoid, and any people were everyone. In a different section, I kept expanding this place as people floated in. You see, Mark, this is what I offer you, eternal light in the city or being erased by time itself. It's a decades quick to be forgotten by the world you once lived in. Why? What do you mean, why? God might have given up on humanity before you were even created, but I still see your potential. Unfortunately, your beliefs in him still stop most of you from accepting my offer. But you, you're just in the right state of religionist mind to be reasonable. You see, I need you all to believe in this glorious afterlife describing in your religion books. Just not too much. I could sense the nervous of intentions behind his offer. If you truly offered eternal life, you surely wanted something in return. What's the potential you're taking about? We're going to take back what's ours, Mark. God surely isn't going to give it to you, but I will. He smiled. Within the next second, I crashed down in my chair back into my kitchen without warning. We returned back home. That's the choice I offer you. A chance to live in a silver city, to have a purpose of all eternal attempts and figures. But that means you'll have to die today and come with me. What about my family? I'm sorry, Mark, but they aren't not ready. Most of them have been poisoned by the upbringing in religious households. Only a few of you are suitable for the job. He looked over at the clock on the wall. The time has passed faster than this mystery, and the morning has just arrived. Well, our time is up. You have today to decide. At midnight, the deal expires, and you will return to your short existence. He started walking out the door, but he turned around to give me one more final goodbye. Oh, and happy birthday, Mom. Make sure you really enjoy this one. I felt exhausted after Lucifer left. I've been giving the ultimate of my life. I grabbed a cooler full of beer from the fridge at 7 in the morning and sat myself down on the front porch. An hour later, two beers down, I saw my grandpa strolling the street, waving at me. He could see the look of defeat on my face and sat down by my son. So how did the chat go? You did talk to him, right? I just nodded on my head in defeat. What did you choose? To stay ass? He glanced at the cooler behind me before answering. You got an answer on one of those for me, kiddo, he asked. 
I handed him a cooler waiting with an explaining season. I met your grandmother when we were 18, but then my father and his father before had both left us. So it was just say I was aware of the family curse, but thoughts I didn't learn exactly what happened until much later. I promised myself I'll live life to the fullest up until my time came. I figured out I could just die like the others, so imagine how relieved I was when I actually given a choice to stay. He took a large sip of his beer, almost finishing it in a sink gulp. But why would you want to stay? If once we die, there's nothing left on the other side, nothing here matters. What's the point? Who to say it doesn't? Just because time has ultimately done what it's really meant, it's not important. Besides, if you have to exist in a place without your grandmother, I'd rather just cease to exist. When we got married, I promised to stay by our side forever, and exactly what I didn't do to do. I looked at my granddad to emerge 83 years of his age at the end of his lifespan yet completely carefree in chains of his own destiny. What about everything else he said about God, humanity, and the place in between? He looked at me for a moment, pounding the next question. You make your own purpose, Ma. Does it even forget that? We talked until my wife woke up. She made my favorite breakfast, invited both spoke in, me and my granddad inside, and showed a genuine sense of joy, and I invited her, leaving life in a cringing, horrible truth. I smiled as we were together, and the first time since the meeting with Lucifer, he gave me until minute to choose whatever to stay behind or let history wash me away, or to go with him, and forever live in a place in between to serve in war against God himself. I'll enjoy the day the best I can after all. It might be my last. Wow, that's a creepy story. I decided to share that one because that takes a place around birthday. So I decided because my birthday just recently went by, I thought, well, this story has a birthday type of theme to it. So I'll share the story with you guys. So I'll see you guys in my next episode.